If anyone is in Christ, he is a new, a new creation. It says he is, uh, the old things have passed away. And that's a picture of baptism. The old stays down, buried, and we raise to walk in newness of life. If anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, the old is gone. Look, look. They've passed away. New things have come. 2 Corinthians 5.17. That's one of my favorite verses. I can relate to it. I know you can too. We took some of the same journeys. One thing I love about Tyler is he's passionate. He's honest. He'll tell you the truth even when it hurts. And, and that's one thing I can relate. And uh, I'm just thankful that you come today. So without further ado, you want to get in the water? <laughs> How's it feel, Tyler? <laughs> oh. Tyler, who is Jesus to you? Do you promise to follow him all the days yes. moving forward of your life? Yes. We're going to try our best to help you, church. Amen. Tyler, on that confession, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ, raised to walk in newness of life. You all right, brother? <laughs> you going to leave your shoes on? Okay. <laughs> Haley told me that she was at the beach. So there's hope for y'all. If you go on vacation, you take your kids on vacation this summer, they may get saved at the beach. They can get saved anywhere. Jesus is, is mighty to save. Go ahead and step in there, Haley. <laughs> You don't have to sit down yet. My wife Carly wrote a scripture out of the book of John chapter 10. It says, Haley, I give them eternal life. And they will never perish ever. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father... My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hands. The Father and I are one. And we say thank you, Jesus, for that. In John chapter 10, 28 through 30. And so one of my favorite verses also is, He who started a work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. So Jesus has started a work in Haley. One thing I love about Haley is she has an amazing sense of humor. If you get around her very much, you will be laughing. You will be in stitches. And so, Haley, I'm so excited that you were obedient. And it's special that it happened on a day when your dad, Tyler, got baptized. And so, praise the Lord for that. Haley, who is Jesus to you? My Lord and Savior. My Lord and Savior. Great job. Okay, sit down. 
Ever know? Okay. Good job. On that, on that confession, Haley, my sister, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ, raised to walk in newness of life. All right. Hannah's going to come in just a few moments after we sing. And she's going to tell a a children's story. All children, if you want to, we would love to have you up front right here as we celebrate Jesus. Um, There's going to be some more baptisms. There's going to be some singing. And Dustin's going to come and give us a final word. Again, thank you so much for being here. All right. Hey, I'm Hannah Sutton. I am the nursery leader for the Bridge Church. Um, we have nursery for kids ages three and under when we're meeting over at the Merriman. But today we want all the kids here. So all the kids, come on up to this area right in here. The grass might be wet, so you might want to be on this part. But if you don't mind being wet, you can get on the grass. Come over here, Carter. Come on, Bug. Right down here. All right. Pile in. Big kids, too. All right. Good morning. While y'all are coming, I want to tell y'all why we think it's so important to include our kids. It wasn't something that it was my idea, and it wasn't something that was Dustin's idea. It's something that's in the Bible. So let me tell you a story that comes from the Bible. Some of Jesus' disciples, so his, his friends that are grown men, like grown-ups, like your daddies and your uncles and your grandpas, right? They were all hanging out, and they decided they were going to have an argument, and y'all might have one like this with your brothers and sisters sometimes. And they said... I think Jesus likes me the best, and here's why, because I am the smartest. And another one said, no, 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 Jesus likes me the best because I'm the coolest. And they're like, no, no, Jesus likes me the best. He spends the most time with me, so he likes me the best. And do y'all know what I think about that argument? I think that's ridiculous. Y'all turn around and look at these grown-ups and say, that's ridiculous. That's right. Silly grown-ups. Y'all shouldn't be arguing like that. Let's see what Jesus had to say about that. He said they had forgotten something, something God had been teaching his people all through the years, that no matter how clever you are or how good you are, how rich you are or how nice you are, how important you are, none of it makes any difference because God's love is a gift. And as anyone will tell you, the whole thing about a gift is it's free. All you have to do is reach out your hands and take it. So while Jesus' friends were arguing, some people who knew all about getting gifts, in fact, you might say they were gift experts, had come to Jesus. Who were they? They were children. Jesus' helpers tried to send them away. Jesus doesn't have time for you, they said. He's too tired. But they were wrong. Jesus always had time for children. Don't ever send them away, Jesus said. Bring the little ones to me. Now, if you had been there, what do you think? Would you have had to line up quietly to see Jesus? Do you think he would have asked you how good you'd been before you could give him a hug? 
would you have to be on your best behavior and get dressed up and not speak until spoken to? Or would you have done just what these children did, run straight up to Jesus and let him pick you up in his arms and swing you and kiss you and hug you and sit on his lap and listen to your stories? You see, children love Jesus, and they knew that they didn't need to do anything special for Jesus to love them. All they needed to do was run into his arms, so that's just what they did. After the laughing and the games, Jesus turned to his helpers and said, No matter how big you grow, never grow up so much that you lose your child's heart, full of trust in God. Be like these children. They are the most important in my kingdom. Y'all, Jesus said that. Jesus said kids are the most important. So what I hear in that story is two things. One thing I hear is that Jesus says, I don't care how hyper you are, how messy you are, how silly you are, how cool you are, or how uncool you are, how smart you are. I want you to come to me just like you are. And the other thing I hear in that story is Jesus says, kids rule. So I want y'all to turn around and look at the grown-ups and say, kids rule. Kids rule. That's right, because Jesus said so. All right, so the other thing I want to talk to y'all about, now that y'all know how important y'all are, is about this whole baptism thing we're doing today. So it's kind of different, and maybe y'all have been to church and seen a baptism before, but maybe you haven't. Um, and the reason we're doing it today on Easter is because it kind of, it, a baptism is like a picture kind of like acting out what happened on Easter. So I want to kind of tell y'all about that. Um, so there's three parts to the Easter story. When you hear people talking about Easter, they say the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And those are there's kind of some big words in there. So the first one we're going to talk about is the death. Um, so we know that Jesus died on the cross, right? So how does that look like baptism? Well, before a person comes to be baptized... They do something different. They have a change in their heart. And they say, Jesus is my Savior. Jesus did die for our sins. You're exactly right, Jacob. And so before they even got here today to the water, something happened. And so um, what happened is they, they made Jesus the Savior of their lives. And their old self, their, the bad things that they used to do, they, that died. That's their sins, right? Our bad things are our sins. That died, and they believed in Jesus, and they're made new. So what that, that, that salvation point points to Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. So I'm going to read you all what it says. It says, Jesus shouted in a loud voice, It is finished. And he had done it. Jesus had rescued the whole world. Father, Jesus cried, I give you my life. And with a great sigh, he let himself die. So Jesus let himself die on the cross just like when we choose Jesus as our Savior. We let those old things, those old habits, we let that die too. And then we start new with Jesus. So I need two helpers. Jake in. Come on, brother. All right. And Jack, come here. All right. Jake can hold this picture of the cross. So the cross that we hear about in Easter reminds us of salvation, the, the point where somebody says, Jesus is my Savior, and I die to my old self and start new. So we're going to scoot y'all both right over here, and y'all can hold those together so we can see that the cross shows us about salvation. All right, so the next thing we hear about, woo, sorry. 
when we think about Easter, so we have the death, the burial, and the resurrection. So for the burial, that's where we're at today. That's what this baptism is showing. When we baptize people, we dunk them, right? We go all the way under the water. Like you got to hold your nose, hold your breath, go under the water. You're not leaving any of you up. That's just like when Jesus died on that cross, he was buried. Today when we bury people, we bury them under the ground. But when Jesus was buried, they buried him in a tomb, which is kind of like a cave. And they put a big stone in front of it so nobody could come out. And then, just to be a little extra careful, because Jesus was kind of famous, they put some guards in front of it so really nobody could come out, right? So when we put somebody under the water and we put them all the way under the water... That's that picture of, the, of when Jesus was buried. It's that same picture. They're being buried in that water, right? So let me read about that. It says, That's the end of Jesus, the leader said. But just to be sure, they sent strong soldiers to guard the tomb. They hauled a huge stone in front of the doors of the tomb so that nobody could get in or out. All right, Shiloh, come on down. All right, come here, Annabelle. Y'all stand right here. So Shiloh has our tomb because she's showing us that Jesus, after he died on the cross, he got buried in the tomb. And Annabelle's sign says dunked because that's what happens. When we, bury some, when we put somebody under the water and we dunk them, we're representing Jesus going in that tomb after he died. All right, so there's one more step to finish Easter, right? Because if Jesus just died, that'd just be like anybody else dying, right? Because people die, that's, that's what happens at the end of life. People get older and they die, but Jesus didn't just die, right? Jesus came back. So after we put people under the water when we baptize them, we don't hold them under there and leave them there because, well, that wouldn't be very nice. But we raise them back up out of the water. And when we raise them back up, we're showing that that same picture of Jesus raising up from the dead. All right, so a few days after Jesus had died, three days later, his friends went to the tomb. And they were going to kind of clean up the body because when Jesus had died, it was, it was really messy, and, and he had a lot of cuts and scrapes, and they were going to clean him up. So they went over there, and they were going to see if somebody could help them get in there and so that they could take care of Jesus' body and kind of honor it. But when they got there, the tomb was open. And they saw an angel. The angel said, don't be scared. But they couldn't help it. They screamed anyways. The angel asked them, what are you doing here? This is a tomb, and tombs are for dead people. The women couldn't speak. Jesus isn't dead anymore, he said. He's alive again. The other women rushed home, but Mary stayed behind. How could it be true? Jesus was definitely dead. How could he be alive? Just then, Mary heard someone else in the garden. Perhaps it's the gardener, she thought. He'll know where Jesus' body is. I don't know where Jesus is, Mary said urgently. I can't find him. But it was all right. Jesus knew where she was, and he had found her, Mary. Only one person said her name like that. She could hear her heart thumping. She turned around. She could just make him out. But she wasn't dreaming. She was seeing Jesus. So this is one of my favorite things about the Easter story. So these are Jesus' best friends. And they were going to go and clean up his body and make sure that it looked okay while he was buried. And he wasn't there. And there was an angel instead. And they said Jesus is alive. And so they're like, well, we're going to go find him. We're going to see if this is true. And Mary sees a man. What, baby? Can I put that, um, this is a scary one. Oh, you do? 
So they were going to look for Jesus, and they, they see a man, and so they're like, well, we'll go ask him because he, he works in this garden, and he'll know where Jesus is. And when they walked up to him, the man says, hey, Mary, best friend, I'm Jesus. They didn't even recognize him. Jesus was so changed from his death and his burial and his resurrection that his best friends couldn't recognize him. And that's what happens after we accept Jesus into our heart and make him our savior. Our hearts are changed and our lives are changed and we're different in a good way. We're different in the best way. We turn away from those old things that we did before and now we're living for Jesus and a life for Jesus is the best life that you can have. All right, I need two more helpers. Morgan, come here. Riker, come here. All right, Morgan, can you hold this for me? All right, Riker, you hold this one. So this one is the open tomb. Jesus is alive again, and what that represents for us is new life. So when somebody raises up from the water in that baptism, now we're seeing new life, and they've got a fresh start. So that's what I want you all to think about. We've got some more baptisms today, and when you see them, I want you to think about how them going under the water and coming back up reminds us of what Jesus did for us and why we celebrate Easter, all right? Y'all all did a great job. Thank you for helping me. All right. Y'all can stay up here or you can go find your mamas and daddies, okay? Okay. All right. I'm not too close. If family and home group or anybody wants to kind of make their way this way, Ty, step on in there, bud. You all right? I will say this, my son has proven to be wise. I asked him if he wanted to stand or if he wanted to you know, get in before we start, and he said, I want to get used to it. <laughs> Let's get on in there. So he's standing here. It's his choice. Uh, I do have a few notes and a few, few verses going to read off of, off of this here. Um, last fall, Ty actually accepted Christ, and we talked or we had talked on multiple occasions between then and over the past several months about baptism and uh, following, following after what God has commanded us to do after accepting Christ. And we didn't, we didn't try to force him into it or push him into it, but really just talked about what God's Word said about it and, and had confidence that God would lead him... would lead him in that... That was different. Uh, would lead him in that way when he was ready, when God had prepared his heart and ready to do that. Over the past years, really, ever since Ty, or since our girls started going to school, we've always done a lot of scripture memory with, with our children as they've grown up. And I would have to say over the past several years, Anytime we would ask Ty, we'd say, what's your favorite memory verse? Or what means a lot to you? Ty's always had different ones. But over the past couple weeks, it's really been neat to me. Uh, the verse that he has said is John 14, 15. And that's one of the verses that's on here. And he hadn't just said it. He said it and he's had a big smile. Because I think he knows that he had told us a few weeks ago that he wanted to, to be baptized. But John 14, 15 says... If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And it's a joy as his dad to know that that, that means something to Ty. It's not just God's word, uh, that he's reading it. It's, it's true to him. It's, 
it's something that he knows that now he's following after something that God has commanded us to do, that he's following after that, and he's going to be baptized today. Next, I wanted to share uh, a, a piece of scripture that my wife, in Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11, I'm going to read that in a second. My wife pray, has prayed that over Ty and Isaac, over our boys, for several years. And uh, I'm so sorry. But Psalm 119, 911 says this, and it's on here. It says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's her prayer, it's our desire as parents that, that a love for God's word would grow in their hearts for all of our children, our, our boys, and Ty over these past over these past months, one thing that's neat for me is we, we get in the car every day, and I, I get to take the boys. My wife takes the girls to school. And part of our just normal rhythm, obviously, we have to drive to the school, and I drop them off. And sometimes they're laughing. Sometimes they've been doing other things. And sometimes they'll be playing catch, and I'll say, get in the car, and they get in the car, and we get in. But for years, I've... I've said, okay, let's do our verses, and we have some verses that we'll say, and then we'll pray, and we let them out. Now, it used to be about a 15-minute ride to school. Now it's five if I drive slow, so we got to get in and just start, start doing our thing type deal. Well, over the past probably four to six weeks, we'll get in the car, and I don't say anything. Like, literally, before I sit down and put my seatbelt on, Ty starts leading He just starts, starts, starts leading his brother, and uh, and that that's been that's something I've seen him do. That's that's really just challenged challenged me as his dad, <clears throat> and and I pray for his boldness uh, to lead, stays and continues. And the next thing that I would like to share, uh, so I've, I've seen his attitude towards God's word and how God has 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 really moved him to, towards maturity and where he's leading his brother. Lastly, uh, on, on this, we have Psalm 51, verse 10. And it's a verse that, that Ty knows and, and says, da- uh, says, says daily. And it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Now, steadfast isn't a word that we walk around using a lot, but... The way we describe steadfast is to be unwavering. And, and I, I pray along with him, and I pray along with all of our children and my wife that, that we pray that we are steadfast in our walk with Christ, that we grow and we mature, and that, that we're not wondering, that we, that we stay, that God is our compass, and that he is leading us, and that we follow after him. So with all that said, I want to ask Ty real quick, I guess you can't really lean down and give an answer for everybody here, but he's getting ready to sit down. Ty, who is Jesus to you? He's my Savior. All right, if you can, go ahead and sit down, bud.
Ty, now I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ, raised to walk in the newness of life. Well, good morning, y'all. I hope you've enjoyed yourself this morning at the Splash Pad. We've got two more baptisms scheduled. Uh, The first one is Casey Carlson. Come on down. Um, If you're a part of Casey's family and you want to come have a front row seat of his baptism, come on up. If you're in his home group, come on up. I want to share with you a little bit about Casey's story a couple weeks ago, uh, I asked Casey, well, I guess it was last week, I asked Casey to do the, the welcome uh, on last Sunday morning, and he said he needed to meet with me, and he came to meet with me last week, and while we were meeting, he said, uh, Dustin, I, I need to talk to you about something. I need to give my life to Jesus. A few weeks ago, you gave us the opportunity to stand up if we needed to trust Jesus, and I wanted to. But I didn't do it, but today I want to give my life to Jesus. And then last week, Casey got up in front of everybody and did the welcome. And in the welcome, he told the church, I've given my life to Jesus. And it was incredible. Y'all celebrate what the Lord's doing in Casey's life. I told, uh, one thing you need to know is that after Casey shared his story last Sunday morning, another man trusted Jesus for the first time. And then I told one of my friends who, who is a part of a church in Greenwood, Arkansas, about Casey's story, and he shared it the other night, and another man gave his life to Christ. So, so the point is, praise the Lord, the point is that we may think our obedience is about us, but that's not true. There's always another story on the other side of our obedience. Somebody is waiting to trust Jesus right on the other side of your story of following him and knowing him. This morning, Alex Morey, who is Casey's home group leader, is going to baptize him. Casey, come on up. Kick back that cow slobber a little bit and jump in. Um, Alex and Brittany Morey lead a home group um, actually at Dustin and Chelsea's house, Chelsea Hudson's house um, through the week. And man, they're really seeing a lot of growth and a lot of life. I'm really excited about what the Lord's doing in their home group. Casey went there right after me and him talked and he told his group that he had given his life to Christ and it was, it was beautiful. So we're, we're super pumped about what the Lord is doing. I'm going to hold the mic. We might have two baptisms. Come on, Max. Um, I'm going to hold the mic for Alex as he dunks his brother. You know, in our home group, we've been talking about, you know, how it's been a, it's a strength to, to be a Christian. And uh, the verse that came to me was Philippians 4.13, and it was, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, you know, as we get baptized and all that, you know, you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you're filled with uh, Jesus and uh, he can well, he can strengthen you and you do whatever you need, uh, and it's been a blessing to 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 watch you grow. Uh, so I guess <laughs> we'll get out on the water. Oh yeah. Casey, who is Jesus to you? 
my Lord and Savior. Brother, it's my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have one more baptism today. Um, you guys can go back to your seat. Uh, this is Mick McClanahan. If you're a part of Mick's family, y'all come on up. If you're a part of the Dowd home group and you want to come stand and, and be, stand to the side and be a part of this, come on. I love Mick McClanahan. One thing I love about him is he is 100% honest. A few weeks ago, he and me and his dad cooked some gumbo for the Win Mardi Gras Gumbo Cook Contest. And Mick got there and he tested all the gumbo and he tested ours and he said, let me tell y'all something, you're in trouble. Mick, you don't have to worry about Mick telling you a lie. Mick's also a really funny guy. I love being around him. Um, a few weeks ago, uh, Mick's grandfather, Mr. J.F. McClanahan, was sick. And uh, they, he was living with Mark and Nanette, and I got to watch my brother and sister minister to his dad in the last few days of his life. And Mick got close to his grandfather in that time. And uh, you could just see there was a real connection between Mick and Mr. J.F. And uh, Mr. J.F. passed away. And Mick started asking some questions about salvation and, and what it means to trust Jesus and know Jesus. And Mick gave his life to Jesus in that time. And I think it's a beautiful picture of Easter because even in... In, in death, God brought new life in Mick. Do you celebrate what the Lord's doing in Mick's life this morning? This is my brother Mark, and he's going to baptize his son Mick this morning. I told you he was honest. We think Mick's going to get be baptized this morning. We better skip it for now. Now, Mick, who is Jesus Christ to you? Do you promise to follow him the rest of your life? Yes. My brother, I baptize you in the name of the God, Father, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. That's great. Hey, I'm not going to preach to you this morning. There's been enough preaching that's happened at the baptistry waters. Uh, but I do want to show you one thing about the story of Easter. If you have your Bibles and you want to turn to Matthew chapter 28, I want to share with you this, this last story about uh, Jesus after he had 
risen from the, the grave from Matthew chapter 28. And it's, it starts in verse 1. And I just want to leave you with three words that I want you to go home and contemplate and wrestle with. Matthew chapter 28 This is what it says. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. There was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended about him, spread throughout the entire vicinity of Galilee. I'm sorry, I I skipped over to another page. That was weird. There was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken by fear of him that they became like dead men. The angel told the women, listen to what the angel told the women. Don't be afraid because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he is risen just as he said. Listen to this. These are the three words I want you to hear. Come and see the place where he lay. Come and see. Listen to me, friends. There's a lot made in the church about faith. Having faith to believe in who Jesus is. And faith is not absent from the conversation. Faith is very important. But let me tell you why we need faith. We need need faith to trust that what Jesus did on the cross for us was enough to rescue us from our sins. But the message of Resurrection Day was not, Hey, ladies, y'all stand back over there and work up enough belief inside yourself to believe that Jesus was raised from from the dead. That's not what the angel said. The angel said, Come and see. Come and see. What these, what these people did this morning in this Baptist, baptistry is, is not represented of, of blind believism. No. The Jesus that laid in the grave 2,000 years ago is alive and working today. Come and see. Maybe, maybe you're having a hard time believing. That, that's part of Casey's story. Casey, Casey struggled with doubt, and it's part of my story. I, I struggled with doubt that Jesus was who he says he was. But when I gave my life to him, when I, when I started following him, I saw him at work in my life. If you have doubt, come and see. Maybe, maybe you struggle with purpose. Maybe you don't, you don't have purpose in your life and, 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 and you, you feel like a nobody. You feel like you're meaningless. But, but when we put our hope in Jesus, He changes all that. He gives us a purpose to further His kingdom today, to be used by the God of creation. Come and see. Come and see. 
Maybe, maybe you're, you're broken. Maybe you've wor- made the worst mistake of your life yesterday. Maybe, maybe you've done some crazy, ignorant things in your life. Maybe, maybe you think there's no acceptance in the church of me. There's no acceptance with Jesus for me. You need to know that Mary, the two Marys listed in this story, were broken folks. And he didn't say, you're not, you're not worthy to come step in this holy ground of this tomb of the risen Jesus. You, you stand back over there. No, he said, come and see. If you're broken today, if you're messed up today, and you, you think there's no place for you with Jesus, come and see. Come and see. My invitation to you, my message to you today is simple. That's it. Maybe you're wrestling with this person of Jesus and you need to make a decision and you need to make a decision to follow him and trust him and give your whole life to him and allow him to give you new purpose. My invitation and my message is the same as the angel on the first resurrection day. Come and see. We're going to sing one more song. And then we're going to dismiss. If you need to give your life to Jesus, there are people scattered out, out through, this, through this crowd that can help you do that. I'll be standing over here if you need to come visit with me about that. You're welcome to come talk to me about how this risen Jesus can affect your life. Come and see. Maybe, maybe you're not ready for that. Maybe you're, you're struggling in doubt and, and you need to, to visit with somebody. Have, have lunch with Casey. Take Casey to lunch and talk about how Jesus is at work in his life. Come and see. Take Tyler to lunch and talk, about how, talk to him about how Jesus has changed his life. Come and see. Whatever you need to do to best worship and follow the Lord Jesus Christ today, I invite you to do that because he stepped out of the grave and is worthy. He's exactly who he says he is. Come and see. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for each person here. God, we thank you for the people that have gone under the water today and been raised up to newness of life. We praise your name that there are people still chasing after your heart and that you're still chasing after people. You're not dead, you're alive. Father, I pray that from what we've seen today and what we've heard today, it would give us new life to worship you in a new way and sing praises to you of worship and follow you as in lifestyles of worship as well. You're worthy. Father, I pray for those who need to give their life to you for the first time this morning. I pray that you would... A company that need with the courage to step out and have a conversation with somebody. I pray that you would allow them to come and see. We love you. We're going to follow you no matter what. In Jesus' name, amen.